So one of the delights and perils of reading a good book is that one tends to see uh, everything in terms of that after uh, immediately afterwards, at least and possibly for a while afterwards. Um, and as you know, I have been reading the legends of King Arthur and his knights. Uh, I went down and had a, a delightful uh, presentation down at Doxicon in Seattle. Um, and, and perhaps it's for that reason that as I look at this particular uh, gospel reading today, um, the, uh, it, it strikes me as a little bit reminiscent of, uh, Jesus here strikes me as a little bit reminiscent of a, a, a knight, an errant knight on a quest. Uh, he's going away and withdrawing to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and a Canaanite woman comes to him and uh, starts crying out to him, Have mercy upon me, son of David. My daughter is demon-possessed, and she wants help. This is exactly what one might see in an Arthurian quest. As the knight goes out, uh, uh, the knights are are called, as Tennyson puts it, um, uh, to, to... uh, ride abroad, redressing human wrongs, uh, and and they're they're as they go out. This is exactly what might happen to them. Some woman comes up to them and says, "Help! Please help! I I have to. I, I'm I'm in trouble." And they go off and rescue her. It's not quite what happens here. Well, it is actually, but not quite so simple as oh well, let me go off and do your quest. Um, the I got into a very interesting discussion. One, one of the, I, I probably in my presentation got uh, a little too carried away with um, you know, some of the uh, gory details of Sir Thomas Mallory's Mort to Arthur because it would really make a really great action movie. Uh, he, he really does give a literal blow-by-blow description of all, all of the fights. Um, um, and... A gentleman came up to me and we had a, and 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 asked me, I think a question that's kind of relevant here, because Jesus doesn't immediately respond to the woman. The disciples, then, as she continues to cry out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. My daughter, daughter is demon possessed. Please help me. Uh, his disciples get really annoyed. And they actually tell Jesus, well, just tell her to go away. Uh, and the discussion that I got into with this, 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 gentle, this uh, gentleman was, it turned out to be a, a bit about uh, American adventurism uh, uh, or kind of America as the, as the policeman of the world. Uh, but it was a good question because one of the things he said uh, what was, was, that was kind of bothering him not, was not merely the kind of very foreign world to us like you don't see the kind of the level of violence that you saw back in the days of king arthur or even in the days of the of of the bible uh most of the bible stories that we read um thankfully we live in a very a very peaceful society and we don't need knight errants to go out and and uh um and rescue the 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 damsels in distress uh at least not yet (laughs) We, we have other governments and and uh, institutions that are supposed to be doing that for us so so um so it's a foreign world to us 
And his question was, it's a very, really good question. Like, how do we, first of all, how do we understand this foreign world, which is very relevant to our understanding of, say, the Old Testament. Um, but also, um, how do we avoid in, uh, and, and this got a little political, I'll try and avoid any of the political bits, but uh, how do we avoid in kind of the American adventurism, the, the kind of America riding off as a knight to go in and, and, uh, and intervene in this or that or the other uh, nation's uh, affairs to, to try rescue them? How do we avoid disaster? Like the disastrous, um, well, the, a lot, uh, occasionally it's worked out okay. But we can see quite clearly that a lot of those things haven't worked out very well at all. And so his question was like, if we're going to be knight errants, how do we avoid sort of this disastrous misunderstanding and, uh, and uh, I don't know, misrescue <laughs> that, uh, that, that, can, that can happen? And so, as I say, we got into we got into a good discussion. I'll avoid all most of the political stuff, but I think the, the two things that struck me as key are actually here in today's story, in Christ's response. Well, and also in the epistle. So, if we take a look more closely at what at what Christ does here. His disciples are basically just annoyed, which is a classic response, right? You see something different. You see something you don't really understand. You see something that, and it, it strikes you as annoying. And it's kind of like our, our initial response. Um, and we just want it to go away. We want the problem to go away. And Jesus answers, and his answer is fascinating because he doesn't really seem to be answering the disciples. The disciples are saying, send her away for she is crying out after us. And so an answer to the disciples would probably sound something like, no, I'm not going to do that. But no, his answer is actually an invitation for the woman to engage with him. His answer was, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is not my quest. I'm on a different quest. I, uh, and, and she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. She recognizes this is not said to the disciples. This is said to her. And so she, but she still, still needs help. <laughs> She's still desperate for help. So she approaches him, knelt, kneels before him and saying, says, Lord, help me. And he answered. Now he's engaging directly with her, very clearly. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Actually, a bit kind of insulting. It's like it's like okay, well, here's the children's bread. Here's a dog. <laughs> Can't. Uh, um, I mean, it's it's an analogy. So it, it's um, but it's it's fascinating her response because she says, "Yes, Lord." 
but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall for the ma- from their master's table. So, and I think what's going on here is in this kind of semi-insulting sounding response to the woman, Jesus actually is not engaging with her. He's engaging with the disciples. How are the disciples seeing this? You know, they know that Jesus is theirs. He's one of them. His his primary mission is to them. But they don't, and they they don't see this woman as part of that mission. Rightly so. She's not. She's a side quest, if you will. Um, But... um, but Jesus has to put this in a context that they will understand as well. It's like, okay, well, this would be like taking bread that was intended for the children and then just throwing it to the dogs. And the woman's response is, of course, brilliant. Yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answers her and says, O oh, woman, Great is your faith. Be it done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So what do we see here? We see, I think, two key things that we need to know and to think about as we consider this question. We're called to help those around us. We're called to engage with those around us. Uh, That is our quest. But we have to do it in a way that isn't going to mess things up. And what's the first criteria for doing that? It's understanding the problem. Understanding the person. We, we often wa- don't want to like rush in and we want to fix things. Okay? If, we're not, and if, we're, if, we're, if we're not giving in to the one temptation of, oh yeah, this is just annoying and, 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 and inconvenient and I don't want to do it. That's definitely another temptation. Uh, the other temptation is rush in and fix things without really understanding what is at stake here, what the relationships are, how those are interacting with one another. But Jesus takes that time. He takes the time to understand her. Is she sincere in her desire? Is she, um, what is her attitude in asking, in making this request of him? Who is she? And in this interaction that he has with her, he establishes that. It's very clear that she is absolutely sincere in her desire. She really, really needs help. And she is willing, she is willing to humble herself and do anything she can to get that help for her daughter. But the other element at play here is not just her, but his disciples. And as I said, he addresses that too. And the third thing that is present here, in this case in the woman, that I think is really important for us, is humility. In the epistle reading, Paul refers to himself as as the chief of sinners. And in our prayers that the church gives to us, uh, the, uh, particularly in Lent, which is approaching, we, are, we, we refer to ourselves as the chief of sinners. And one of the great dangers of 
of, of intervening and helping in anything is we kind of ha tend to get a little bit full of ourselves. And that's a danger. I, I, <clears throat> without going into details, as we were discussing, you know, the various instances of American intervention uh, in, uh, over, over, the, over the years, um, the ones that struck me as the most successful were when America funded the rebuilding of their enemies after World War II. And what was, what was behind that? Well, a couple of things were, 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 that were behind that was a, a, a generosity of spirit, a desire not to, not to repeat the mistakes that had been made before. And, uh, and one of the things that I happen to know from, from, from uh, my experience in Japan was uh, the Americans, when they went into Japan, before they went into Japan, they actually commissioned a study which turned into this book, The Sword and the Chrysanthemum, so that they could understand Japanese culture. So that they could actually, you know, not just trample over all the things that, that, that they didn't know they were trampling over because they were just coming in and doing. Um, so it is possible, and in fact, it is important for us to do good. God has created us and put us in this world to do good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do. He wants us to be, if you like, knight errants upon the quest. He wants us to hear the widow and the orphan and to look after their needs. But he wants us to do that in a way that he himself models, in a way that understands the people and the problems that we are interacting with, that takes the time to listen and that acts not in arrogance, but in humility and in generosity of spirit. And as we do this, we will be following his example. We will be following the way of life that he has created for us. And we will be to his glory, the glory of the great King, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, I've never done to ages of ages.